Hello and welcome everybody to the weird world of knowing. We are here today with a very special guest. It's very personal to me. Now we only met in November, 2021. We didn't actually speak for very long, actually, did we, Michael? But actually the effect that you had on me was extremely profound. So it felt really important that I brought you on to the podcast because we I have lots of questions for you because I'm sorry, I'm Rachel Earing, everybody. I'm getting carried away straight into the fold and the most <laughs> wonderful guest, Michael Spade, with us today. <laughs> so Michael is from, um, is the founder and chief executive of the Collective Edge. And Michael has worked in the energy field really for how long, Michael? Well, probably 30 years in a, in a sort of a underground way, like not, not very out with it. I've, I've become more and more pronounced with it and, and <clears throat> it's directly what I do only more recently, really, I've, I, but I've worked <clears throat> with different kinds of energy ways of working with the world, I guess, for, for quite a while. And you work with it in very different, many, many ways in many modalities. Yeah forms, haven't you? So the yeah, spectrum yeah. that you actually worked with, I think is really going to come into the conversation as we go. Yeah. Let's us go straight into why you're actually on here for me. Yeah. Great. I believe that's going to help an awful lot of people. Now mm -hmm. I, an energy therapist and I train people mm -hmm. with TARC EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. And that's the background behind emotional freedom technique. So we go into each tapping point and look behind all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a trainer in something based in repatterning, breaking and other things so that we blend all of that together with each client. And of course that involves lots of different experiences for the client and I tune into their energy field and then we experience that together and that's what keeps us safe. Now, as I've been on my own journey, obviously there has been many, many weird points of knowings that. I've had to sort of work through myself and come to understand. And with the help of people like yourself, and we do, we all need this help, everybody, we all need help from somebody else to be able to put into words, to decipher, to understand exactly what is happening. This experience that I had at Broughton was an event that you um, sort of scheduled outside of the main event. And in the evening, we went into the drawing room and you held a constellation session and there were about 20 of us maybe a little bit more in that room sat in a circle and then if you could just explain what you actually set up and then i will explain what i explain. yeah <laughs> right right you, you may need to help me with what i set up but i i know i know the basic i, I remember the basics of it it's a it's a, a, a methodology or a, I, I think of it as a human technology an energetic technology of called systemic constellations <clears throat> and it's a way to create a um a living picture of of a system it started with families and but it can be used for uh, teams or organizations or or society or or, or countries you know and the, and the populace of a country or whatever <clears throat> um and in this case what we set up was just a really small experiment for, I don't know, was it groups of two or three? Um, uh, maybe I think it was three. Um, well, actually this is the group session before we went into actual, um, ones and twos and threes. 
I'm, I'd like you if you don't. Uh -huh. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. When you were in the center of the room and you yeah. were community and each person that was there represented something else. I think somebody was a great, but somebody was something else. Uh, yeah. So, so we just represented different, um, different aspects of the land or uh, at Broughton Hall, mm -hmm. uh, right. Uh, you, you may remember more or the, than I do, but just that, the, the technology itself, it, it allows a person to stand in as a representative of some other system, for instance, the land at Broughton or just kind of different elements. Like when we had a basket, I think you're referring to of sacred objects. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, people, there's like a, <clears throat> the way I understand it for myself is it's, it's like creates a quantum entanglement between that, uh, piece of the system and, and you. And so you start to resonate as if you were that thing. And so you get understanding and knowledge that you, from a, from a traditional, like a Newtonian point of view, you have no business getting, you, sh you couldn't possibly be able to get it, but yet, but yet that, that's what happens. And that, so, so, that is exactly what happened for me. Yeah. What, yeah. What happened? Yeah. I wasn't even involved in that group in the middle of the collective. Uh -huh. So <laughs> this is what, um, threw me a little because I was really interested yeah. in what was happening and it, it actually looked like a little play. It looked like uh -huh. in a character. Yes. Um, yes. And you were playing out, uh, and representing a grape and what a grape might do or say, and the collective being the group of people that were representing and then brought them home, et cetera. So it really was like we were watching a little play, pan yeah. but without much yeah. dialogue, because the things that people were doing were really quite um, movements of the body. Like you dropped to the floor at one point. As you dropped to the floor, and I was looking around the room and, and bearing in mind, we've got scientists in this room. We've got very conscious people, very intelligent academics are in that room, which intimidate me because, um, mm. I, I'm not one of those people. I'd love mm. to be one of those people. I'd mm. love to be able to speak very intellectually about the things that, um, you know, about science and physics and mm. how consciousness actually works on that basis, but I, I can't, and I don't, I speak from my own experience. Now, my own experience of these are very physical. I have very mm -hmm. physical reactions and my mm -hmm. body responds in ways that sometimes I really do not want it to. And over yeah, the right. I have to be honest, I, I feel stupid and you mm -hmm. do because it's not something I'm necessarily always in control of because it happens when I'm least expecting it. So as I was picking up the energy of that room and you dropped to the floor on your knees and somebody else was being a grape and I'm thinking, oh God, this is so weird. What is going on? I started to retch and not just, uh, and not, not just a little, you know, sat in the corner where nobody yeah. noticed. You're right. I was literally in the middle of that room and I was literally going Bleh. and it literally came out with that disgusting noise, but I had no control. It was just, I, I thought hey, I'm either going to be physically violently ill here. Uh -huh. I was half moving out of my chair to sort of run out of the room as it happened. But then uh -huh. fortunately it was just the noise. Now that happened to me three times throughout that process and I had no, if I could Literally, I would have subdued it. I really would. I didn't want that to happen mm. in that environment where I wanted to be mm. thought highly of, mm. but it was a real good mm. experience and it was a real yeah. connection to, gosh, I really feel like the great is so disgusted with us. The way yeah. 
treated the grain and the way that we have treated and abused it over the years with with the wine and how we treat it, we drink it and how we behave with it all. And it, it was as if I was connecting with the community and with the grape, but on a very deep guttural yes, yes. essence. Yeah, right. Yes. And I'd like you to explain that, please. I'm not <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I can explain it, but is that a normal response? Well, so, so here, here's, here's what I would s- suspect, uh, happened from your description. So, um, I don't even remember, honestly, I, I remember we, we did a demonstration of, of, of taking several objects, these sacred objects, right? That's, that's what we were doing. But what happened, I would suggest, so, so you are a, a really sensitive person energetically, right? So you pick up on the, the energy. Other people are, um, are sort of blind to it, frankly. Yeah. So, so there's people in a whole spectrum, right? You're, you're on one, uh, pretty extreme in terms of sensitive sensitivity, you know, maybe an empath, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you, so you just get drawn to those things. So when you set up a field like that, we were talking about the relationship of people to the land there and to, you know, sacred objects that are used for plant medicine, mm. uh, and, and different things. And sometimes you don't represent everything that's in the field. But, but the field shows up. So some element of the field showed up and you got drafted essentially by the field into that position. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Total sense to me. And so it it reminds me of a constellation I did, uh, in, in Europe at a big interworld conference, um, with like about 400 people is the biggest constellation I've ever, I I, I wasn't directing it, but, um, and, um. It was uh, about the relationship of, of, uh, Europe and, um, all different countries in Europe and, and the United States. And, um, it was, it was representing mainly and, and, and the EU and, you know, just different elements of that. And, and the person that I was with got, was not picked as a representative, but she became really, um, uh, emotionally tied into what was going on. And she was representing something in that field that wasn't named, but it was there. Yeah. And, 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 um, someone like you that has sensitivity are, are more likely to get drafted into that role for the system because the system, <clears throat> there's some sense in which the system wants to see itself or those elements wants to be presence, you know, like for you that that disgust or that, that, uh, wretchedness of the harsh, the harm that's been done, mm. like vibrated with you somehow. And that does make sense to me because I have such a, a personal, I suppose it is disgust. I don't want it to be, but I suppose it is because my father mm. was a chronic alcoholic he, uh, uh-huh. when it comes to, uh-huh. when it comes to um, alcohol and, and that's what it did feel like, like we'd abri- really abused the grape in the form that it had taken mm. like that. It was literally mm-hmm. rose mm-hmm. from the depths of me and just had to express that way, which was like <laughs> unnerving, but I, un- uh-huh. I understood completely what that was. So, so yeah. And, and, and I would suggest that there was two levels of st- of things going on. One had to do with the system that we were representing in the room and another had to do with the systems that you've been in, like, like in your family. 
and, and we tend to get like when, when somebody, if let's say we're setting up a family and, and somebody chooses you to be a, a certain aunt, let's say <clears throat> there's usually something very unconscious that's a, a, a synchronicity, synchronicity or an entanglement between that aunt that you're representing in you, your psychology that we don't, you know, so what people talk about is, you know, we, we do a constellation as sort of a healing movement for the person that whose family or team or, you know, whatever is being brought. But, but a lot of times the people that are chosen to represent, get more out of it or as much out of it as the person whose system is represented. So, so there's this dual level going on that your issues are being worked or presenced or something as well as the group or the system that we're uh, setting up is. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense because that's exactly what happens when we are sending remote healing for whether that yeah. Reiki, whether that be with the tapping, whether that be MBIR, we, we, when we connect with that person that we're sending the healing to, it mm. really is incredible what actually comes up with the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And how, how usually so accurate it is when uh -huh. back from that person uh -huh. and they're very surprised as actually happens, but that tends to be more on a, on a personal, emotional type level. Um, mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. what I, I know I'm most certainly tuned into, it seems to be very emotional with me and it's mm -hmm. been a long time to, well, it took me 40 odd years to accept really that I needed mm -hmm. to work on myself because I couldn't uh -huh. live with myself uh -huh. with feeling everything that I was feeling. It was so intense. I didn't know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. I get drawn to, um, people that have your, I don't think I have the same level of sensitivity. Um, I have, I have. Certainly I have fairly strong sensitivity, but not anything like yours, but, but a lot of people that have that get drawn to me for some reason. Mm. And part of it, I think is, um, uh, you know, how I would describe that in, in you or in, in people that have that sensitivity is that you are a, um, uh, a very precise, beautiful instrument that gets played by the energy essentially. And if you. Um, if you start to take that personally or, or, or try to control it or something, you're toast. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna destroy you. And, and, and for, for, to allow the energy to go through you and be in service, but also, you know, put a boundary. This is not me. You know, this is not mine. I, I, it's gonna flow through me and I'm gonna give a message perhaps or or allow that energy to presence through me for a little while, and then I'm going to let it go. I'm going to do psychic hygiene <clears throat> kind of moves too. Oh gosh, that is so, <laughs> so pertinent and so absolutely spot on because, um, and the wording that you use about being a musical instrument is exactly the wording that I use with mm. all these mm. things inside us and, and yes, and yes, dirt on, can't play that beautiful. Music. Yes. Right. Once we get rid of all that yes. hurts. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Death to yes. Then actually yes. really most incredible things start to happen, but uh -huh. please don't think that you are always in control of it because right. the yes. flow with it, the more surprisingly weird things yes. happen. Yes. They bring you yes. that deep, 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 really deep sense of knowing that is only pertinent 
pertinent to you and your life story yes. or the person that you are with as you're passing on that information. Mm. And I know that um, another example of that just within the podcast that I'm doing, and when I did, mm. if you look up Bill uh, McAllister's mm. podcast, you will notice that something quite weird happened there as I was talking to Bill. Mm. Else came through, and he was. Co- I kept constantly calling him somebody else. Mm, yeah. It mm. turned out that it was somebody who had just recently passed who was very, very mm. close to him. Uh, I could have got very embarrassed at one point, right? Yeah, and said, Look, you know, I want to like, re record it. You know, I'm obviously making a mistake. I know you called me, yeah. but obviously uh, the name just keeps popping out, and I, I don't know why it, uh, uh, it was that uh, connection to that that person that yes. was trying to come through so that he knew. Yes. And, and you have like a Stradivarius, uh, violin, um, as your instrument, as your body mind, um, and it can be played and, and that's the, the danger too, on a certain level that, you know, that, 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 uh, spirit could, could speak through you or feel through you essentially, or, or manifest itself through you. You, so you can see why, so uh, like. You said it was your father who was an alcoholic? Yeah. Like, so, so, you know, think about how a gift like that, you could want to deaden it with alcohol. Mm. I mean, that would be one, it's not a very useful coping strategy, but it's an understandable coping strategy to, to, to numb the noise of that. I mean, it, it, you know, those things come in through our lineage. I mean, you know, maybe your father had it, or maybe an ancestor had it too. And, and wasn't able, you know, you're, you're manifesting in a very conscious, deliberate, intentional way and in, in, in service way. Yeah. And some people just can't p- pull that off. Well, you know, I think it's, it's funny that we are discussing my father. We weren't intending to do this, but actually the reason I know that my father was on that path was because he needed to give us myself and my brother such a powerful lesson yeah, uh, what to do yeah, uh, not to uh, yeah. uh, it, it put him through absolute hell but i do believe he chose to do that so that we uh, could learn another uh, uh, wow through that learning and wow. being so conscious about striving really striving to not be like that and make sure that we did everything that we possibly can two days before he passed we had a very knowing moment at a workshop my brother attended very strangely because he never attends any anything that i do really but he turned up for this one we conversed and discussed my father and his journey and what it had brought us to and we knew that this connection had passed through to my dad as well who was he was not he's not he wasn't great at the time and, and within 24 hours my dad passed over and we knew he knew he'd completed his soul journeys. Mm. It was a very mm. pertinent, deep, meaningful mm. message for well, yeah. my brother that put us on even more consciously. We are most certainly on the right path, but obviously mm. we've still got so many questions to ask because, mm. you know, we're consciously, we've been doing this maybe for 10 years. That's only just the tip of what we can learn and uncover and the beauty of, of everything that is out there. So we should have all these questions. And so tell us a little bit more about the agile world. Yeah, I just want to, um, I just want to let this moment in. Uh, that was, that felt emotional to me. Um, 
you saying that. And, um, uh, you know, it helped me feel great compassion for your father. Mm. And, and, um, yeah, it just makes me want to cry. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. It, it was so deeply, and there's so many people I think out there who are going through addiction and families that are watching and involved in this, and I'm not saying it gets easier when they are still here. Um, it's a really painful and difficult path to go down, but the more you do work on yourself rather than expecting that post change, right. yeah. all about self, the more you do that work on yourself, the more yeah. that connection makes sense. Yeah. yeah. At a very deep level and you find some peace. You do really find some peace. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can, I can feel that in there while you talk. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really connected to my dad now and it's in the most, uh -huh. oh, it's just <clears throat> a joyful way. Literally it's such a joy now to be connected mm -hmm. with because he's there in all nature, you know, the birds especially. Uh, uh, uh. And you know, I only need to get distracted by one bird really tweet it very loudly and i know that he's around and yeah. uh, yeah. that's a new it, another beautiful way to experience my father because yes yes yeah he used to be that way we he, he did tiny moment uh, 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 it's uh, 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 and that's yeah. so powerful uh, uh. yeah there's some he achieved some le level of liberation yes. and, and that's what, that's what the constellation work does. It, 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 it does healing for the ancestors too. I mean, the, the ancestors want our happiness and they want to be let go of the, you know, I, I, it, you made me think too, that, um, for myself, my relationship with my parents has gotten way better since they passed. I mean, and it's, it's still alive. I mean, I can, you know, I, I don't, I used to resist my mother um, and her energy and stuff. And, and now I'm, I'm much more at peace with it. And I can, I can, um, feel the attributes that she gave me. And I, and actually the same thing with my father in a different way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, mm. it brings peace, doesn't it? I, I have mm. a feeling that now yeah. hoping yeah. That the listeners are, there is such a deep level of peace that comes with that journey. Yeah. With our parents. Yeah. And I know that we put a lot of focus on our children, but actually when we make <clears throat> parents, it makes that journey with our children all the more easy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We, we say that in, in the constellation world that, um, if, if love can't flow to you from your parents, it can't flow through you. So, so we. <clears throat> One of the things <clears throat> we do sometimes in a constellation is to bow to our parents <clears throat> for however horrible they've been in certain ways, they, they gave us life and, and there's a preciousness about that in a, in a sense in which we're always smaller than our parents. They always came before us. I mean, that's just a systemic fact and you can't. We can't deny that or, or we stop the flow of love to her and life to ourselves. Absolutely. You have a, um, <clears throat> a very powerful way of, of bringing, you know, a deep presence. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of forgot about 
you know, what our sharing was like at the, at the conference. And now I can feel it now. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember because it's, because it was like this <clears throat> and that, and that's generated. It feels like to me, uh, by your presence and your, you know, your gift and you're using your gift. Um, so it's appreciation. Thank you. I so appreciate you. I really do. And I was so excited that you were coming on today. I had to calm myself down um, because I get a giddy with these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was reminded today with a, a, a really wonderful lady who, who bared her soul um, so freely and she's so eloquent with it on um, a Facebook post. And she's a very good, very, very good communicator with her voice and with the written word. Yeah. And I do envy people, I can't help it. I do envy people like that because that part of me as, as yet doesn't flow quite as freely. Uh-huh. And I know that I, when I'm on a one-to-one basis, when I'm feeling comfortable, I uh-huh. much, much more easily. I'm much better uh-huh. when we're in a room together and, you know, I can feel their energy. Right. Sure. I, sure. I resonated and I, I replied to her um, mm. post and she sent through this beautiful voicemail and I, I was really compelled to say to her, look, you know, the gift that you have really is about communication. It is about that spoken word. It's how you deliver it. It's how you make people feel. And it is a real true gift in all the rawness that you give us, because it is very raw. It, it connects with us on that guttural level that we can't help but resonate, even if it makes us feel quite disgusting about ourselves because we want to hide it. We don't right, want to. Yeah, right don't want to go there because we have, we all have these feelings, but I said, and I, I I do want to be able to communicate like that, but I know that when I am full with deep gratitude of being in the presence of certain people, as this podcast is, is giving me that real gratitude of connection again, sometimes I'm finding myself so full that I'm unable to communicate. I can feel uh-huh. it out of every other pore and I can feel uh-huh. it out uh-huh. of my eyes. Uh-huh. I know that that is how I express that gratitude. Uh-huh. It's also a way that I don't really want to tame down because uh-huh. that intensity of, I know who I am with that gratitude, that feeling that we have is what propels us forward. And I know that the secret in all its glory doesn't tell you about the power of that feeling of gratitude that propels you forward into doing things and moving forward with it. That is a healing process all on its own. Does that make sense to you? And I'm hoping listeners, this is making some sense to some of you, because I know there are empaths out there like myself who have been struggling to find an outlet for communicating how, how you feel, what's blocked inside what, how it makes you feel, what to do with it. I think it's that the big question is what do you do with all that intense emotion that is mm. in there? And is it all yours? Mm-hmm. Right. So what can people do with uh, it? Like, <laughs> search me. <laughs> well, from one point of view, you know, all that feeling, you know, whatever it is from a non-dual ultimate point of view is empty 
it's just the play of the mind. It's not even ours. We tend to take it very personal. Like I said, we tend to think even, even, you know, even in our actual relationships with other people, we tend to take what they do personally and, and we don't need to, that's actually, that's actually just a projection, right? And if we can, if we can work with our own mind and mental states, whether it's ours or somebody else's, you know, we have to get better at, at being able to work with it and to, to let it go and to disidentify with it, not, not repress it, but, you know, let it, you, you know, you're sort of describing <clears throat> a process of letting energy flow through you, not blocking it. Mm. So, 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 you know, that the first step is often to repress and a different level is to identify with. And the th a third step is to let go, right? To allow, you know, <clears throat> I work with this, uh, technique called the Sedona method, mm. which is about <clears throat> a way to release things, stories and pain, you know, protecting ourselves, seeking love, whatever. And the first step is always to allow it. You have to allow, you can't fight with reality. You can't fight with, with what's coming. I mean, we try, but it doesn't work, right? So the first step of letting go is to allow it to be there, whatever that feeling is. Yeah. And, and then to, to just, it, it just sort of naturally unwinds. I don't know that was responsive to your question. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, some people might want to know how to unwind. So can you explain how the Sedona method works? I'd certainly urge people to go to the Sedona, uh, I think it's Sedona.com or maybe Sedonamethod.com. Look it up. A guy named Hale Dwoskin, D-W-O-S-K-I-N. <clears throat> but if he asks you, uh, questions, you know, um, can you, you know, you're, you're experiencing something really intense. Could, could you welcome that? And, and you can actually say yes or no to the questions, whatever is true. And, and even saying no, it, it still unwinds. It's kind of, uh, ironic, you know, could you, could you release that? Could you let it go? Would you let it go? Mm. When? And you just, you ask those questions sort of slowly. It's, it's better. It's, I, I prefer it in a recording where somebody else is asking the questions. Like I can, I can ask them to myself, but it doesn't, it just doesn't work as well. Yeah. I think it's that connection of energy and you feeling safe enough to, because we we're very good at distracting ourselves, very good at distraction. Our whole lives have been spent in our energy field, distracting us from the pain that we felt. Uh -huh. So yeah, yeah. and let's go and put the washing on or go and do the garden, anything. So right. that you don't need right. to go there. So. I, I really do relate to that, but that, that connection, which is why I think there are so many people out there now. And if any of you wondering whether, why are there so many coaches? Why are there so many, mm -hmm. why are there so many people mm -hmm. And the reason that there are so many people coming to the fold and actually, you know, wanting to change their lives, they're changing their lives by actually sharing and giving back this gift of connection and as we share this connection and we support each other and accept each other exactly as we are where we are right here and now with all our faults with no judgment that connection really helps to unfold and untangle all the knots so that our instruments can play really beautiful music and and even if we don't know what that piece of music is going to yeah mm -hmm. 
<laughs> more complicated and mm -hmm. absolutely bliss than we could possibly imagine. It could take us on that jazz trail that we never expected, but wow, that just blows your mind. We never know what's going to happen when it starts to unfold. And I think that's the beauty of it. I was uh, going to bring it back to the, another point you made about that you are really are not comfortable in, in groups and speaking sort of public speaking kind of presentation, but one-on-one -on -one, you're really comfortable with people. And I, I think it's, uh, it's really cool, you know, using the one-on-one -on -one format in a podcast to, to you, you're leveraging your ability to connect with people and, and, you know, have something magical happen and then broadcasting it to other people. So, so that a, a bunch of people can see it, but you're not in the situation where if you were doing this live with lots of people, maybe that would intimidate you or you, you wouldn't be as in flow. But you know, I'd not really even thought of that, but it makes so much sense to me. That's probably exactly why I am doing this because I know I've got a talk coming up in May. Uh, 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 uh. No, I've got to prepare for it. So uh, uh. I've set up this pod in that preparation for actually being able to, to stand there and and speak much more confidently than I do now. So fingers crossed for me, everybody. Let's hope that this goes well when I get ready. Well, you just need to stay trusting in your body, mind, in, in, in your intuition, I, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you'll be, you'll be great. If you get into a mental and striving to be intellectual or something, yes. you know, you're, you're going to be unsatisfied. Absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head there. You know, I think it is as soon as we go into that, I need to be something else that other people need to yes, be. Right. Well, yeah. I think yeah. that they want me to be. Yes. I'm yes. exactly. this very basic tool. My body is a very yes. basic tool. It has very yes. basic functions. And when I bring it back to the safety and basics of actually what the body does, and sometimes that is quite raw and disgusting, but actually all those disgusting bits that we hide you know, all the bottom burps and the yawns and, you know, everything else that goes on in between, mm. that's actually a magical clearance of these knots dissipating out of your body. And I've learned to absolutely love it when those things happen mm. and even love it when it happens with other people who come near me, because mm. sometimes people only need to be somewhere near me when they've worked with me and it starts to happen. And then I can, I feel. And I sense their embarrassment. So uh -huh. Uh -huh. we make light of it. We have fun with it. <clears throat> right. Right. Instead of weird again. And that's right. Right. I think that's a very important part of this journey. So Michael, yes. Yes. so tell us, um, what <laughs> advice would you give mm. someone just going into the working environment, maybe from uni or perhaps changing jobs completely, maybe starting up their own business? What mm. advice would you give somebody who's just starting out into that field? <clears throat> well, the thing that comes to mind from who I am and, and my training and uh, experience is that early in our life, we, we are authored by other people, by our family, our parents, our religion, our spiritual upbringing, our peer groups or whatever. You know, we try to do things because other people approve that or where we feel they want us to. Um, but later in life, we author ourselves. We shape our, what we do, our career, whatever, because of our own values or principles. But that's not, that's not the, the deepest expression of us. 
the deepest expression of, of us is to be authored by spirit, to allow our mind to get out of the way and our sort of personal preferences and to let spirit direct, you know, the life force, life wants something from each of us. And, and, and I, I talk about that as, and, and we do in constellations work in general as, as destiny. And when you surrender to your destiny, um, then you're gonna really be fulfilled. And, and it's hard to do that. It's not easily a young person's game, quite honestly. Um, no, because there's lots of ego there as a youngster, isn't there? And it's not cool to break away sometimes. Although I think more and more it is happening and we can see younger people breaking away from uh, the dogma of everything that's been going on for, for so long. And when you see the difference that they're making in the world, but when you think of people like Stephen Bartlett, he's 28, he's making mm. absolutely mm. phenomenal waves. His podcast, The Diary of a CEO, is just absolutely mm. mind-blowing with the mm. people he gets on, but all the deep mm. insight that he gives into... Mm. How his time is of the essence, especially mm. and actually what he does with that time now is micromanaged in a way so that he's getting mm. the ultimate out of uh, the best of his game. Um, cool. And he seems to be getting more and more spiritual in connection with himself. He's mm. very, very interesting. It's a really, I would certainly recommend Stephen Bartlett and I'm sure you're all listening to him anyway. Um, but Michael, you've been... Obviously you've been setting up professionally coaching and leading teams and you're the chief exec of the collective edge. You're also an author, co-author, okay, of integral approaches to the agile world. And tell us a little bit about your book. A lot of people, uh, listening to this might not know about it. It's a, a, a trend in the business world <clears throat> toward something called agile software development which mm, I, I, I tell people it doesn't have much to do with software. It, it does a little bit, but, but mainly building software is a very complex human endeavor, co cooperative game. And um, it was done in a sort of an old fashioned way for a long time in a very engineering way. And in, in about 20 years ago, it, it's, it's, there was a sea change where it started to become done in a much more collaborative, um, adaptive kind of a way. And it, you know, most, most companies, uh, in the world are, are trying to adopt it because it's just a, a more modern way to work, but it, it brings a lot of cultural change. It brings power structure changes. It brings, you know, um, people, managers can't be in command and control mode as they used to be. That used to be a, a paradigm that worked. Um, you know, they, they need to be a very different kind of a leader for the whole thing to work and trust their teams a lot more. So that's, that's a lot beyond just a different software process, right? It, it gets into the culture, it gets into leadership mindset. And, um, the book, uh, it's called agile transformation is a framework for thinking about how to do an organizational transformation, um, in an integral way. Integral is, is a, a field developed by a man named Ken Wilbur and, you know, it's, it's, it's also a worldwide movement as there's thousands of practitioners of it. Um, it is basically the ability to take multiple perspectives on things, to not be from a black and white point of view, to understand, um, 
different perspectives on the world, different levels of maturity of, of worldview, uh, kind of concept and that people are at different worldview levels. And so that creates conflict and misunderstanding. So it's a, it's a framework that helps people sort of, um, it's like a Rosetta stone for what's going on in a very complex environment. It helps you decipher and, and, and sort of have create a place for different things that happen. And so that you can understand them better. Yeah. Um, and that's, that makes sense. So I, I, um, teach and develop a lot of people that are, uh, called, uh, enterprise coaches that are in this, uh, endeavor of, of, uh, leading agile transformations or different kind of organization transformations. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the principles that we teach is, is, uh, one of the main competencies, the first competency is using yourself as an instrument of transformation. You, you are the most powerful tool of transformation you have. So that gets us into the realm that we've been talking about, not, not exactly directly, but still, how do you, how do I use myself in service of somebody else and, and my reactions to them, you know, like in coaching them, um, how do I make my sense making, how I make sense of the world, how do I make that visible to people rather than should we get into a, like a competitive game about it or something, you know, trading, you know, people on Twitter and on social media tend to totally, you know, they don't even listen to each other in the least, right? Um, a lot of times. So it's trying to get to a deeper level of a different kind of conversation, a different kind of way of collaborating and seeing the world, mm. understanding the world. Sounds absolutely perfect. That's something I think that we all need, um, especially as we're sort of going more into the, uh, the world of AI is, is, is changing mm. considerably is when I think yeah. of, uh, Mo Gaudet's book, scary, smart, um, mm. then, you know, if you're going to make an impact on the AI in a positive way, then that is absolutely the smartest thing you can do. <laughs> So congratulations for doing that. So everybody, you should check out Michael Spade and the Collective Edge, the Agile Leadership Culture on the Inside Out. Um, and one more question for you, Michael, before we go, it's really absolutely sure. like to have you here. Who you. would you like to listen to as a guest on the weird world of knowing? Um, <clears throat> and why? Uh, Nish. Uh, Cote would be fun. Um, Peter Mary would be fun. Two beautiful um, people who I have got down in my diary and the right. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> let's see if I can, let's see if I can think of somebody beyond our uh, mutual network. Um, um, you're a, you're on clubhouse, aren't you? You, you do something like this on clubhouse. Um, do you know about the weird ones, uh, which is a group on. Oh, they're, they're interesting. Oh, well. um, I mean, I haven't listened for months, so it's possible. I, I, I would be surprised if they've gone away, but there's some interesting people in there. It's called the weird ones. So, I mean, it, it rhymes with yours. <laughs> Thank you for that, Michael. Um, Michael, how can people get in touch with you to experience, um, well, anything that you do, everything that you do, how can they, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, um, uh, probably on my website, which is, um, the collective edge.com with hyphens between the hyphen edge hyphen 
or, or the hyphen collective hyphen edge.com. Um, uh, or on LinkedIn, um, uh, I am M spade, M S P A Y D, uh, on LinkedIn. And of course, all those details are going to be underneath the podcast and yeah. YouTube channel. So do have it beneath as well. Michael, it's been an absolute gift having you here. It's been beautiful thank you. to connect with you again. Just yeah, thank you, Rachel. All your energy. It's wonderful. Yeah, me- you are so informative and helpful uh, as you were thank- when we first met. So thank-, thank you so much. You're you're very generous. Oh, and we shall see you all very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening on The Weird World of Knowing. I do hope you enjoyed your time with us. I'm Rachel Ewing, your host. And gosh, I'm having a ball putting all of this together for you. So I hope you are too. And if you are, please do like, subscribe and share with those who might actually benefit from these weird moments of knowing as they realise how many of their own they've been having all their life. Take care and we'll see you next week.